Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Nothing personal. Word of the day is Pierre. You know how much I love the Nutshell Library. If you don't have the Nutshell Library, go get it, please. Maurice Sendak. It's tiny. It's four tiny, teeny, tiny little books. One of them is Pierre. There once was a boy named Pierre who always would say, I don't care. Read his story, my friend, for you'll find at the end that a suitable moral lies there. Pierre didn't care. Who's Pierre? Pierre is the National Football League. Don't stop listening. If you're sick and tired of COVID and the NFL and how they're dealing with it and talking about a nothing personal that Roger Goodell is all about the Benjamins, we're good. But his worst nightmare is coming true right before his very eyes. I'm picturing Roger Goodell right now In the duck and cover position, one eye closed, one eye open. I'm sort of trying to wink with both eyes, which I can't do. Waiting for his phone to buzz with the latest COVID results for the Cleveland Browns. Because here's where we stand right now if you're a Browns fan. If you are 18 years old, you've never seen them play a playoff game. If you're over 18 and a huge Browns fan, you are celebrating the fact that for the first time, they've made it to the NFL playoffs since 02. They're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, a repeat from game game 16, week 17. All of a sudden, there's been a COVID outbreak. Now, I don't use the word outbreak lightly the way Donald Sutherland would or even Morgan Freeman. I use it the way Dustin Hoffman would. We have a legitimate outbreak within the Cleveland Browns organization where we don't know how many more players or coaches will test positive during the course of these next few days before their Sunday game. Today is only Tuesday. So we've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five full days left to go. And as it is, the Browns organization has had to close its facility for five out of the last 10 days. The NFL is a sport which requires great preparation for its playoffs. It requires coaches to sleep in their offices because they're working 22-hour days. Now, you can go virtual. You can have a home office with lights everywhere, cameras, Zoom, but it's simply a competitive disadvantage. Kevin Stefanski is the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. COVID, out. NFL protocols say minimum of 10 days. He was diagnosed. He will miss the game. They're long-standing Pro Bowl offensive lineman. He's their left guard. 
out COVID. Tight ends coach, defensive backs coach. They're all gone. They won't be there. The special teams coordinator will be the head coach for an NFL playoff game the Sunday night, the final game of the wild card weekend, which, by the way, I cannot wait. Back-to-back triple headers. Game on. But Roger Goodell, his new name is Pierre. Because when asked whether this would have an impact on the schedule, whether there'd be even a chance to postpone the game, the NFL and Goodell said no. Now, the reason why they said no is the same reason why they pushed forward to finishing the season in 17 weeks and not adding an 18th week. It's the same reason why they don't want to move the Super Bowl by a week or two weeks. It's the same reason why the NFL said you have a bigger practice squad. You will play whichever players are available and we will have reckless disregard toward any level of competitive integrity. We've had a word of the day, competitive integrity, I think. Coca, I think. I don't know if Coca's around. He was so pissed that I was using Pierre as a word of the day. He lost that one. He wins like 51% of our pre-show discussions, which, by the way, is way more than one would think. But this one, he sort of said, what is wrong with you and your Maurice Sendak obsession? Well, it's just that it is so perfectly exemplifying that which is not even an expression. You can't perfectly exemplify. That's what it should be. It so perfectly exemplifies what the NFL is that it's just like Maurice knew what was going on. So here's what I would do instead. I would say that I want to hear Roger Goodell, not a spokesman. I want to hear him take the microphone and say, we are very aware of what's happening in Cleveland. We know through the course of the season that the virus is not spread through on-field contact. We have told the players and the organizations to act accordingly, knowing that we're not delaying games, knowing we're not postponing games, knowing we're not forfeiting games, knowing, as Ziegler said in Moulin Rouge, the show must go on. So for all the Cleveland fans out there, Get out there and do your best Sunday. But why don't you listen to Mike Tomlin and what he had to say about the Brown situation? Run it, Coca. (laughs) (laughs) So here's how sound works on the show. Sound works that we're in preparing for doing this. Coca and I would go through the topics and he'd say, yeah, I got sound of this. I got sound of that. When, if that comes up, we're going to put that in. If, if you're talking about this subject regarding NBA, we have this sound from this player. What he is not ready for. And after 285 episodes, he knows that this is how my brain works, that sometimes something will just come into my head and how can Coca possibly be prepared for that? So, Do you have the Mike Tomlin sound by chance? Like, did you possibly have any notion that I would want to know what Mike Tomlin had to say on this? Okay, that's a hard no. So to paraphrase, 
Mike Tomlin said when asked whether he was going to prepare differently, whether or not he felt the Steelers had a larger advantage given that the line was four and a half and now the line is six because the head coach is gone, the left guard is gone, and there could be other players as well, but the game will go on. Mike Tomlin said, I don't prepare any differently regardless not irregardless, regardless of who the coach is, regardless of which players are playing. We will prepare for different quarterbacks, prepare for the possibility of different game plans. But he said very simply, we are business as usual. So at the end of the day, I compliment Roger Goodell for taking a position, acknowledging that he's Pierre, and letting the chips fall where they may. Good luck, Cleveland. I'm sorry, Mikey Ryan. I really am. I think the Steelers probably have a good chance. All right, we have an update that's a really good one. Do you remember uh, a segment we did last week about uh, when a fake Twitter account releases and does any sort of... It was yesterday, Coca? Oh, my God. All right, yesterday we did, by the way, this is why... I laugh. We did a segment about how ESPN got got because they did an article. The editors released an article that Chain Gailey was uh, let go. And it was then recanted because it was a fake account of that guy, Adam Schefter. Well, today, Chain Gailey resigned and is no longer the offensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins, which brings up an unbelievable follow up to yesterday's conversation. Was Adam Schefter doing his own fake account because he didn't have permission to release it but wanted to get it out there? Like the way players and others have burner phones, like a burner account. And we saw, what's the example, Coca, where uh, there was a wife of a executive who had burner Twitter accounts. Do you remember that at all? And it was... uh, Oh, it was the Phoenix Suns guy, the Sixers guy. You're right, Coca. Uh, Colangelo, that's who it was. Remember, Colangelo's wife was saying all these things about the team, and then it was discovered that it was his wife doing some sort of crazy burner account, and it was with the Sixers, not the Suns. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe what went wrong is that ESPN went with the story too early, and the NFL and the Dolphins got furious because they hadn't yet told Gally that he was being let go, and they didn't want him to learn about it via text message or via tweet. Who would ever want to learn about the end of their career via tweet or text message? It's totally insane. Or the other possibility is Steve Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, and Brian Flores, the coach of the Dolphins, had no intention of getting rid of Chain Gale, of of Gally. I'm I'm forgetting what his first name is right now and how to say it, um, Mr. Gally. And then they read the fake account, read the article, and said, "Boom! I got a perfect idea. I think we should get rid of him." By the way, that didn't happen. The way it actually works with coordinators, just like it works with first base, third base hitting, and pitching coaches is that those decisions are made before the end of the season. Whether the Dolphins made the playoffs by sneaking in back door with the Jaguars' victory or whether they made it in through the front door with uh, by beating the uh, whoever they played, the Buffalo Bills, they had an idea what they were doing. So Ch'an 
and uh, Shan, Shan, maybe is that how to say Coca? Shan, Chan, Channel. It's amazing. I mean, we couldn't prepare for this because, oh, like Jackie Chan. Thank you. Chan Gelly. So, by the way, that was perfectly put. So that was both on the document. It's Chan, Samson. Damn it. What? Okay. No, don't talk that loudly. So obviously we put the show together and this just happened. This is breaking news that he's gone. So I'm just saying it's going to come out what happened in spun by the dolphins. But the way I'm telling you, they knew very well. And by the way, could you replay yesterday's show? Did we not say yesterday that if he ends up being fired or resigning, that in fact, it was just too early for ESPN to break it, or it was a mistake with Adam, but that the decision was been made and some time will pass. I think we may have talked about that yesterday. If not, we meant to and pretend we did. We did. Because there's no way that Chan read all the articles and said, that's it, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And there's no way he did something acute overnight because that's the other way that there'd be a change of mind when you weren't going to fire someone and then you do fire someone and you're okay with their job responsibility, but then they do something acute that requires an immediate firing, whether it be something illegal or whether it be something like he had sex with Steve Ross's wife, like something acute like that, which would cause an immediate firing that would have nothing to do with the article that came out yesterday that he was fired, then he wasn't fired. But I'm going to say that's highly unlikely. Jackie Chan Gailey has resigned. Maybe it's to spend more time with his family. That's what everyone says when they resign. All right, Coco, who's making money today? You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. Yes, you do. I appreciate when you want to talk to me, you go on Twitter at David P. Sampson and say, hey, I want to ask you a question. Hi, David. Hello. I wave like this, by the way. If you're watching this on YouTube, the Nothing Personal channel, the way I wave has been made fun of by people, and I don't get it. The The royal wave is when you have your hand at a 90-degree angle, and uh, you sort of rotate your hand on its axis. I don't wave like that. Some people do a much wider wave where their elbow stays firm, but they rotate their wrist and move their wrist. I extend my hand forward and twinkle my fingers. Is that what it is? I wave like that. That's what I'm doing. Hi, David. How do you feel about the NHL selling the naming rights to their four divisions for the 2021 season? Did you hear that? The NHL has sold off naming rights to its division. It's no longer the NHL North Division, which is, by the way, all the Canadian teams, because the Canadian teams can't cross the border and the U.S. teams can't cross the border into Canada. So therefore, what the NHL did is redid their entire divisional structure into a Northwest, East and Central Division, which I think are the four directions. North, no, wait, North, East, West, south, sorry. So central is not a direction. So it's now the Scotia North Division, the Honda NHL West Division, the Discover NHL Central Division, and the Mass Mutual NHL East Division. Right now, everywhere, people are running out and getting Discover cards because they love their teams in the Central. I know for a fact that people on the West Coast are right now putting pause on the show and going to buy a Honda, and you can bet your buttocks that in Canada, they're saying, boom, I'm switching to Scotiabank. 
Why the NHL do this? Why wouldn't they do it? What took them so long? I have zero issue at all with companies selling whatever anyone is willing to buy. So here's how I'd like you to think about it. You're walking down the street and you are holding a television. And someone says to you, hey, where are you going with that television? And you say, I'm going to bring it to my apartment. And they say, I will buy that television for $1,000 right now. And you say, well, that's my television. And it's not for sale. And they say, no problem. I will pay $2,000 for your television. And you know that you can keep walking, stop at the electronics store, replace the television that you were exactly carrying for $1,000, which means that someone just gave you an extra $1,000 just for S's and G's. Is that television for sale? Yes, it is. We've talked about indecent proposal. Everybody and everything is always for sale. It's just a matter of price. Do you know why the divisions were not named prior to this year? Because the NHL and other sports had said, you know what? We're cool. We don't want to sell out. We don't want our fans to think that we're trying to raise as much revenue as possible. I'm just curious for NASCAR fans out there, were you despondent when you were born and you looked at race car drivers and they had ads all over their jumpsuits? Did it upset you when you watched the NHL and ads were put around the rinks? Are you upset when you watch the NFL and they go to commercial break? No, you fully understand because you would do the same thing. The NHL is a league in chaos. They are trying to negotiate a new TV deal. Their deal with NBC runs out. They are the ugly stepchild of broadcast deals. And they are finally trying to get an actual rights fee deal that is would put them in like 20th place out of the four major North American sports. They are starting their season January 15th because they cannot afford not to play because of that broadcast TV deal that needs to be negotiated. There are not fans in the stands and certainly not in the numbers that are needed for the NHL to potentially break even, forget making money. So it is up to Gary Bettman and the rest of the NHL to figure out how to close that gap. And the way to close that gap is to sell anything that anyone will buy. Now, I've got a separate view, which is I don't need a gap for that. I just need a buyer. I'm not sure that I can possibly be clear enough to you that it is the responsibility of every commissioner. That is his job to increase the asset value of his teams and to increase the amount of cash distributed to those teams every year. That's his job. That's his only job. All the other stuff, the private planes, all the other exciting times you get to meet the media and get to sign autographs. That is ancillary crap. Two jobs. They claim diversity and all the other stuff and all the initiatives and community and all the great stuff they're doing. Two jobs. Increase the value of each team and get more money into the hands of the owners of each of the teams. The NHL will say to you, we made this decision because of COVID. We are trying now 
to narrow the gap that exists because of this pandemic. What they really should be saying is, we held out as long as we could, and we got four companies to put a little bit of new money in, and we sold the name of our divisions for an amount of money that we never would have dreamt we would have sold them for. That, my friends, is the cologne of desperation. Walking down the street with your $1,000 TV and getting an extra $1,000, that's the cologne of victory and profit. The cologne of desperation is when you value a property and you sell it at a discount because you're desperate for money. It's like a liquidation sale. That's what the NHL did with its divisions. Major League Baseball, on the other hand, will not do that with its uniforms or with its helmets or with its divisions. The NFL will not do that. The NBA, who does have jersey sponsorships, those were not sold at a discount. So how do I feel in conclusion is that what took them so long? MLB has been talking about selling sponsorships on their helmets and uniforms for a while. They've actually started that process and it's a process. So anytime you want to change anything in baseball, I was always very frustrated because I am, as, as, as you have probably figured out by now, I'm like a whirling dervish. When I have a thought in my head and a way to maximize revenue or to cut expenses, I am doing it. Part of my legal background is that I'm able to process the ripple effect of a decision. I'm able to look at the value of something. It is, I have very few skills, by the way. And you can ask anyone who's been around me in any way. I'm not a very skilled person on or off the field, but for whatever reason, and, and I told you, you know about all my personal blind spots, but for whatever reason, you know, professionally, I've always just had this ability to figure out what's happening on the business side of things. When is the right time to buy or to sell? And MLB, it w- I was always frustrated that it would take so much time. I almost didn't land that plane, Coca. And, and I know you know that, but I almost didn't land it. I glanced down at the document to remember we're talking about MLB sponsorships, helmets and jerseys, et cetera. MLB takes a long time and they actually have a great executive. His name is Noah Garden. And uh, he is in charge of sales, for lack of a better word. He probably has a much more sophisticated title, but that's what he does. He does league-wide sales. And he said, this is something we want to do, but you know, there's a long runway for these types of things. That's an expression when people say runway, that is picture an airplane runway and how long they are because a plane needs to get momentum to take off. Having a long runway for something means a lot of work needs to be done before this can happen. So what's going to happen is that the, that MLB is going to value what their helmet decals or sponsorship sales will be. And they would have to figure out what the price is, then go to companies, then get the price. And then there's an issue with the players union, by the way, when you're doing that. So you're talking about something that's going to happen, but not right now in 2021. So as a matter of fact, this is a perfect way to see, given that the NHL has now named its divisions and people assume that the world's going to collapse, but it's not. I'm going to say, wait to see, Coca. MLB is definitely going to have sponsors on its uniforms and sponsors on its helmets. Definitely. And uh, 
I'm going to say that it will start in 2022. Is that too long a wait to see, Coca? Can we do that? So we'll do it in the negative, which is wait to see. MLB will not have sponsors on its jerseys for the 2021 season. And then the second wait to see is they will have it for the 2022 season. Caveat, whenever the 22 season starts, if there's a work stoppage. I mean, just think about the money. You know that um, it was a huge deal when logos were put on the jerseys. Do you remember when Under Armour was going to do a deal with MLB? They did a huge deal to sponsor uh, and and the jerseys, not to be a sponsor, but to be the, um, oh God, Coca. What's the word when you make something? Uh, cars make these things. Manufacturers. Thank you, Coca. Under Armour had a deal to manufacture jerseys and they were going to put the Under Armour logo on it. They actually couldn't do it because Under Armour is a company overextended themselves and they had to back out of all these deals. So Nike took over. That's why you see Nike swoosh on the jerseys. New Era, the cap company, wanted their logo on all of the caps in Major League Baseball. So they paid in excess of nine figures, right? It's it's well over a $100 million deal. That's nine, seven, eight zeros and a one. And they did that because they realized that they get team by team, all team league sponsorship rights. What is going on with, with general jersey and helmet decals, that is team by team. So just a quick side note here. Let's talk about revenue sharing very quickly. In baseball, when you have a national deal like the Nike deal for the jerseys or the new era deal for the caps, that money is split 30 ways evenly. But the companies who pay for that, when they're deciding how much to pay, they know it's worth way more to put a Nike swoosh on a Yankee jersey than to put it on a Marlins jersey. But at the end of the day, the Marlins and Yankees share that equally. But when the Yankees can sell a jersey sponsorship that is unique to the Yankees, they will get a factor of 10 higher than what the Marlins will get when they sell their jersey sales. So let's say that a local New York company called Chase Bank, let's say Chase wants its name on the jerseys in New York, that's going to be a $15 million a year sponsorship. When the Marlins get, I don't know who they could get, because in my experience in Miami, there's no local company who'd want to do anything like that. But let's just say Pepsi, that's going to almost be a throw in, maybe an additional $1 million. Maybe that's a million dollar deal for the Marlins at best. That money, million to the Marlins, 15 million to the Yankees, those teams keep that money. However, the Yankees then have more revenue, which means they pay more revenue sharing. So the actual math, if you're still following this, Coca, is that for teams that have more revenue and have to give money away in revenue sharing, for every dollar of revenue that they get, they give away 33 cents to the poor teams. So when you get someone to give you a dollar, you keep 66 cents and you give away 33 cents. You got that, Coca? So for a $15 million jersey deal, the Yankees actually get $10 million to sign James McCann and they give away $5 million to the rest of the other revenue sharing recipients. That's rough math. And yes, I know James McCann was signed for $10 million by the Mets. All right, we're going to come back. Jamie Foxx has a new movie out. And it's streaming, and it's really good. We're also going to get to the fact that the Utah Jazz lost by 172 points 
when we chose them to win last night. And the NBA is doing something that fits in perfectly with this show. We'll be right back. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think they'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Today is January 6, 2021. It is, it is, it is Wednesday, January 6th. I may have actually said that it's, it's Tuesday earlier in the show, but I should know that it's Wednesday because it's Coca's favorite day of the week. Do we have any music for this, Coca? Can you play some music for what day today is? Do you have any handy? What music would you play? It's Pizza Wednesday. Coca eats pizza every Wednesday and then texts me a picture of him eating the pizza. And then I look at it, I laugh, and then I delete it. And I had to change my setting because when he would text it to me, the photos that were texted would automatically be saved in my photo roll. So every once in a while, I've got like these, every week, I've got these pictures of Coke eating pizza. Anyway, welcome back. Today's Wednesday. Thanks for making it through the gauntlet of commercials. Thank you. And we've got a movie because we watch movies every single day. There's a new movie out called Soul. You know from my top 100 list that Inside Out is in my top 100. That's a Pixar movie. Soul is a Pixar movie that stars the voice of Jamie Foxx, the voice of Tina Fey, the voice of Graham Norton. It is about a man who is lost. And I don't mean directionally, I mean spiritually. I mean his soul. That's why it's called soul. It's not, hey, you've got soul. It's literally, it means the soul, your soul. My People say my soul hurts. I don't quite get what that means. Is that like something you can take ibuprofen for? Notice how we didn't give any credit to a company that doesn't sponsor us, Coca. That is the generic name. Like, it's, is it something you can like take a pain reliever for, a pain reducer? No, when you have a, a lost soul, people, the expression is, hey, he's a lost soul, meaning he's unhappy, meaning he can't find his way, he can't navigate life, meaning he's uncomfortable in his, in, in his or her or their own skin, meaning that he's just lost. It's not like the, the, um, 
born again. I was lost. Sometimes that's code for I was an addict and now I'm not an addict. I was found. I found God. I'm not talking about that. A lost soul to me is someone who just hasn't yet found the rhythm, the rhythm of life. And this movie is about a man finding the rhythm of his life. And that pun was intended. There's jazz, there's humor, there's emotion, there's sadness, there's brilliance. If you haven't seen Soul yet, I would strongly encourage you to do it. But go in knowing that Jamie Foxx in real life Nah, just watch the movie and love it. Okay, next. What do you want to do, Coca? Given that that Jackie Changeli resigned, we're a little off here. I think we should cover this right now. So I'm going to do it. I just want to get this over about the correction. Uh, there is a correction to be made. We had a slight problem yesterday. We were talking about the NCAA and we were talking about corrections, by the way, where we said, when there's a mistake I make, please just tell me and I'll fix it. I referred to Dan Gavitt when we were talking about the NCAA basketball tournament and the fact that it was all going to be played in Indiana this year, which is pretty exciting. The entire March Madness tournament in one city, in one metropolitan area. I said, Dan Gavitt is the head of the NCAA. Well, I was quickly corrected after the show. Thank you to whoever did that that Mark Emmert is actually the head of the NCAA. Dan Gavitt, son of Dave Gavitt, the first commissioner of the Big East Conference, by the way. Dan Gavitt is the senior VP of basketball for the NCAA. Sorry, Mark, but I appreciate that you reached out to correct me. Okay, nothing personal pick of the day. Just, it was a sucker bet. We had the Jazz minus four against the Durantless Nets. We had Kyrie Irving having to take full responsibility for his team, and he did. The Nets crushed the Jazz, and we are now 0-2 this season, which is not really the position I want to be in, but Kyrie Irving chose to be a superstar. He was. I said it was a sucker bet, so maybe you all took the Nets, in which case you understand what fading sucker bets means. But let's talk about what we're doing over the next three days of this week on Nothing Personal with these picks, because I cannot tell you enough or enough times how excited I am for the weekend. It used to be the best weekend of the year was NFL wildcard weekend. Double headers each day. And I would always do the math. And after the first half of the first game, I would always say, hey, this is only what it's like to be after the first quarter because there were four games that were playoff games. Now, there are three games Saturday and three games Sunday. That means after the first full game, Saturday at one o'clock, it's like not even the end of the first quarter of a game. That's the math of it. How excited are you? I'm watching every single game. It's the best weekend of the year. The NFL expanded the playoffs. Only one team from each conference has a bye. That's the Green Bay Packers in the in the NFC. That's the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. Everybody else has to play. So two verse seven, three verse six, four verse five. Those are the games. They're going to be good games. The AFC matchups are much better. So for the next three days, we are going to pick every one 
of the six games. Two per day for three days. Let's start, and we're going to do it in order. The first game of the weekend is between the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts. The Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen as their quarterback are incredibly hard to stop on offense, which is why the over-under is 51 and a half, which is why at such a high number, everyone's going under, which is why I'm going over. Bills, Colts, over 51 and a half. It will be a shootout at the OK Corral. Enjoy that game. The second game is the Seahawks. They are favored by four points over the Rams. Sean McVay, the Vunder Kid coach of the Los Angeles Rams. Remember after he got to the Super Bowl? I don't think they won a Coca, right? They just got to the Super Bowl. He got a huge contract. They signed Ryan Gosling to that huge deal at quarterback. And at the end of the day, now as they're in the playoffs, the coach said they do not know whether they're going to play Gosling or whether they're going to play whoever else is their other quarterback, Coco's name. I can't say that I've forgotten because there's zero chance of ever known it. And that's how far the Rams have fallen. And it's not because of lack of performance. It's injury. And he hurt his thumb, gofted, and et cetera, et cetera. To make a long story short, I'm taking the Seahawks. And I'm not taking the Seahawks minus four because I like the Seahawks. I don't actually. I'm furious with them. Stop me, Coca. Press stop right now. I'd like everyone to get on Twitter at David P. Sampson and answer this question for me, please. Are you not caring that Pete Carroll at the end of Sunday's game called for Russell Wilson to kneel and have the game end? And Russell Wilson, instead of kneeling, called his own pass play to David Moore so David Moore can make a $100,000 incentive bonus? We talked about it yesterday's show. Coco was pissed. I wanted to talk about it again today. Coco said no, but I didn't realize that we're talking about the Seahawks anyway because Coco said, you, the audience, it doesn't bother you. You're more than happy for players to get their incentives, and that's not my point. When a coach calls in a play, you've got to execute the play. If not, you have been empowered to the point that you are not good for your team or for your organization. Am I saying Russell Wilson is not good for the Seahawks? You're goddamn right I am. Yeah, that's right, Coca. Keep doing it. He's in my ear going, wah, 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 wah. okay, Coca, you want to keep going? Put it in all caps. Scream it. Look, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I took out my earpiece. I can't even hear him. I'm not listening. The point, Coca, and you know I'm right. When a coach calls a play in the NFL, you run the damn play. Now, do you give chances for the quarterback to do an Omaha? Yes, you do. Omaha is when you call an audible. An audible is not going from a kneel to a pass play. An audible is going from a cover three over here to a run off the right side between the guard and tackle with the pulling guard because you see there's going to be a safety blitz coming from the left side. I'm in. Call the audible. You're the quarterback. I believe in you. You better read the defense, right? Because if you read it wrong, you're going to be benched. Or it means you didn't study enough and you're Dwayne Haskins. An audible is not taking a kneel down and giving a player a hundred grand when your coach doesn't know, your president doesn't know, your owner doesn't know. Hey, Russell, I got an idea. You want to give David Moore a hundred grand? Give him your own a hundred grand. (sighs) 
I know this whole discussion was inaudible. It wasn't really inaudible, actually, Coca. I apologize. Coca's pissed right now. He's not going to resign, but he's pissed. And the reason he's pissed is that is this is not me disrespecting you, Matt. It's really not. I just understand that you didn't think that this was a topic. And it's not that you were not interested in it, which you weren't. It's also that you thought no one else was. Okay. All right. Now, by the way, Coca, you're totally right. And I will give you credit for this. One of the ways to avoid this entire issue to make sure I never talk about it again is to not put incentives in contracts at all. But if you listen to a show that we did last week about these incentives, it must have been after last week. It must have been uh, this week sometime. These incentives are both makeable and unmakeable. And incentives are part of a contract when there's injuries involved, when there are players that you want to just give a little extra to if they do something extraordinary. But when a player is getting close to an incentive level and it doesn't matter, teams do tell the players to stop. Now, by the way, I've had people on Twitter say, no, that's not the position I want to be in. And it's all you, Samson. You're a management hack. You're trying to take money away from players. It's not about that, folks. It's not me being pro-management and anti-player. It's me just saying, let's pretend you're the owner of something. Let's pretend you're the owner of your house. Let's pretend that you give an allowance to your child. And the allowance for your child is based on the following. You give them $10 a week. But if they do the dishes, they get an extra dollar a day that they do the dishes. So on a Friday, the last day of the week, Your spouse does the dishes. The kitchen is perfectly clean. Your child goes in who was offered the right to do the dishes, had turned it down because he didn't care, wanted to go play video games, purposefully pours dirt on dishes and then does them and says, I want the dollar. Okay, I'm just about done. The national, why, how did I lose you, Coca? Just tell me how I lost you. That is what happened in Seattle. The game was over. The player was not going to get his incentive. And Russell Wilson changed it so the game wasn't over so the player could get his incentive. That's the same thing as a child saying the week's over. I'm not going to get my dishwashing incentive, but I know what to do. I'm going to create dirty dishes so I can clean them and get the incentive. That's what Russell Wilson did. Do you get it? Do you get it now? Whatever. I'm moving on. Yes, I am. I'm worked up. Oh, okay. That's it. We'll do, we'll do this one more thing because it's too, too cool not to. The NBA came out and said, uh, can you imagine this talking about expansion? We, we said on nothing personal that we think MLB will expand, but not until their stadium situations are taken care of. And the NBA, it's a way to get money to owners. The NBA came out yesterday and I was blown away by this. They are looking to expand. The two likely candidates are Seattle and Vegas. And they're looking for $2.5 billion per expansion team. $2.5 billion. So that's not like buying an existing team for $2.5 billion because like the Clippers were worth that and the Utah Jazz just got one6 When you pay $2.5 billion in expansion fees, there is still money on top of that. You've got to get an arena built. You've got to build an entire company infrastructure, an entire team infrastructure. Hundreds of millions of dollars are going to be spent at minimum in addition to the expansion fee. Pay attention to you cities out there. Seattle is so badly wants its teams back. You know how you lost your team to the Oklahoma City Thunder because you wouldn't build a new team, a new ballpark, a new arena for the Seattle Supersonics? 
By the way, a, a former supersonic died a couple of days ago, Paul Westfall. Rest in peace, Paul Westfall. He was a great coach, but a better player. Go watch some video on Paul Westfall. He was a, uh, a point guard. I want to say war number one. He played for the Knicks for a bit, much more famous for playing for the Sonics and the Suns. Just one of the great guys who woke up on a random day, on a random day in August, and had brain cancer and then was dead. And it's a lesson to be learned. We don't know what tomorrow brings. So carpe diem. Sagupin ang Araw, please seize the day. So the NBA is trying to seize its moment, get $160 plus million to each of its teams because expansion fees are split evenly amongst the teams. Big market, small market makes no difference. And the NBA teams are in trouble, taking on extra debt. And if there are two cities that can give you or two billionaire owners who can give you $2.5 billion, game on. Fine. I have a quick message to cities out there. Seattle, you lost your team. And we told you that it is way more expensive to get a team back than to do a public-private partnership in order to keep a team. Way more. And now you know. Because if you think that a billionaire like the guy who runs Starbucks or any of the other hugely Microsoft, whatever wealthy guys you want in Seattle or in the Pacific Northwest are going to spend two and a half billion dollars on a team, you may be right. But if you think they're not putting their hand out to have you build an arena, and I don't mean redo the Kraken arena, I'm talking a new arena. Unless you're saying, no, they'll play where the Kraken play. That won't be a problem. They'll all play in the Climate Pledge arena. We won't have to put a dollar in. Seattle's saying, we did it right. You want to bet? Did you spend any money to get the hockey expansion in Seattle? I'm just asking for a friend. I guess it's true that you could say that Amazon, hold on, I have an Amazon package delivery coming, Coca, hold on. Yeah, it's John again. I know my Amazon delivery guy now. Is that bad? Is that normal? I think it really is. It's not that I don't want to support small, small business. I just want the ease and convenience. That's anyway. So the NBA is going to do this expansion. It's not a question. Vegas wants a basketball team. It makes sense to share a basketball, an arena with a basketball team and a hockey team. I get it. There's no doubt that the price has gone up since Seattle Kraken had to pay 650 to just the NHL. There's no doubt that the NBA thinks it can get that $2.5 billion price. There's no doubt they will get that $2.5 billion price. The question is when. The question is, will they be able to do it in time to deal with all of the increased leverage that these NBA teams have? And then if COVID and the vaccine works and there's a recovery, will they still want to do the expansion? Because here's the economic trade. You get $166 million for expansion if you're an owner, but then every year forward, all national revenue is split 32 ways instead of 30. That's a math equation. Do you want money now or do you want more money spread over years? Well, from a business standpoint, running a team, I would say this. Let's worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Get me the money now. It's just business. Plain and simple. I'm sorry, Seattle. It's nothing personal. Here you go. Here you go. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.